I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most important influencers, guides, and changemakers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaway from their personal journey and their greatest wisdom. In this episode, I'm joined by another self-help guide and curator, and I bring him to you because I want to dig into his interest in personal development and why he's making such a huge effort to influence the culture with it and doing it in a big way, I might add. And I want you to hear another angle on helping you take all this info and actually applying it to your life. So my guest is Lee Rankin, and he is the co-founder along with Justin Malik and producer of the Optimal Living Daily Podcast Network. You've probably seen it as you've been browsing around the self-improvement categories. Uh, Justin earned his MBA at Pepperdine University in 2010, that's, our, or I'm sorry, Lee did. That's where he met Justin. And both of those guys eventually, this is what's interesting, and we're going to talk about it here in just a second, launched six-figure app businesses. And after feeling unfulfilled with those businesses, they launched Optimal Living Daily to spread motivational and inspirational messages. They've garnered over 400 million downloads since they launched in December, 2015, which Lee, interesting enough, is about the time we launched this show as well. So for context, folks, we're at about 65 million, which I brag about. It just doesn't hold up to their 400 million. So, but that tells you the interest in what they're doing and why you should go check out Optimal Living Daily. Uh, if you like this podcast, you're absolutely going to like theirs. Theirs are bite-sized portions too. So you can take them on a, on a quick, uh, you know, quick jaunt of what you're doing or take a bunch of them in at a time. Uh, so we're going to talk about how to best apply all this self-help and personal development to our lives. Justin, man, thanks uh, for being here. It's great to have you on again since we talked, uh, I guess a couple months ago. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this. Well, I want to know, uh, you know, we're going to talk about what you guys are doing on the show, but I love that, that you guys go after, you go the university route, you're at a prestigious place, you launch a business, it actually succeeds, you've arrived and yet you didn't. I mean, what's the backstory behind that? Because it's a big deal to look at that. I mean, that's the kind of thing where your parents go, oh my, you guys did it. You went to college, you got real jobs, you're making money, and now you're going to go after some personal development stuff. What's with that? So what was with that? Yeah. I mean, money is only part of the equation, right? If you're not feeling fulfilled with what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, it just anything can become a grind. Um, we really felt like with the app business, we were kind of spinning our tires. It was just the same thing over and over again. And there, was, there wasn't really a lot of positivity. There was nothing good that we were really putting out into the world while we were doing it. Um, we both had a, a big personal interest in self-development, so we knew we wanted to do something in that space. Uh, and we had both kind of just started listening to podcasts around that time. Uh, so the idea came up, Justin came up with the idea. He said, what if we get the permission from a bunch of different authors in the personal development space and just narrate their content on a daily basis, kind of like an audio, like an audio book, but it'll be from, you know, multiple different authors. It'll be every day of the week. It'll be 10 minutes or less. So it's kind of like a, a daily, uh, meditation practice almost, yeah. um, I thought it was a wonderful idea and, uh, yeah, from, from idea in Justin's head to launch was probably three to four months. Um, we just got it up rolling, got permission from 
a few pretty big name authors to start and that kind of just got the social proof and the ball rolling and and now here we are today with i think permission from over 400 authors to to narrate their content on an ongoing basis so what was the interest though you don't come to you know you go to college you start a business you're making some money and maybe even there you go ah, it's not really scratching the itch but you don't just come up with personal development motivation inspiration out of nothing there's got to be some exposure out there so what's the background for you that even gave you the interest yeah i i would say like athletics growing up for me was always my focus you know it was mostly football um you know through college and it was always like trying to get that edge like what can i do that's going to give me five percent more ten percent more all of those kind of things and once that chapter of my life closed at the end of college it was okay now how can i take that same mindset that i had with athletics from the time i was you know, 10 years old until 22, how can I take that and apply it to my life? Um, and that's really where my interest in, in personal development came along. And it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just self-development. It was personal finance, health and nutrition, kind of all of those tenets um, that are so important to life. And it was all like, how can I, how can I find these things, um, find people who have done it, find people who have written about it, communicated about it, and just take their advice, take their examples and, and put it into my own life. So it was always there. It just kind of grew from just being focused on like sports growing up to graduating, no longer having that outlet of sports, but still having that desire to improve myself, to, uh, you know, be the best in certain categories, improve my life. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a, a just man personal question between the two of us that a lot yep. of people will listen to uh, is because that, that's very similar to me. I mean, I came from, I was a pro cyclist, came from that. Mm -hmm. And then from business and what I'm so focused on now, or I guess you say curious mm -hmm. about, is it was an external performance thing. So that's what I've done and, and done it well. You get accolades for that. You make money, you make accomplishments or whatnot. And it was an external focus. It's really as of late that I'm finally turning it inward on myself and my own personal awareness and my own gosh, emotional intelligence has been a big focus lately. And I'm just so, it's so <sighs> profound to me that we can go after this, call it whatever you want, self-help, personal development, uh, motivation, inspiration, and it's externally focused and we go out there and it's great. I mean, it doesn't take anything away from that, but we can also miss our own self-awareness. How, how, what's your experience with that? Yeah, it, it's so true because the external stuff is a lot easier to validate sometimes, right? Like if you're performing well in athletics or academics or business or any of those things, it's very easy to kind of validate it with, with real life results. But if you're working on your patients or your relationships, like there's some validation there, but a lot of times that's up to you to judge like how, where's my growth at? Like, where do I need to improve? Um, how is my improvement? What else can I work on? Um, you know, for me, I got two young kids and so like, now a big focus of my life is, is parenting, right? Like, so you take in as much information as you can handle, but you also have to work with what works with my personality, my wife's personality, my kid's personality. So it's always a constant work in progress. Um, but it's something I'm, it's very important to me. Right. And again, it's hard to get that validation. There's no like guaranteed results I'm going to get by trying to be a better parent where I'm going to see those results. Like, if I'm in the gym lifting weights and the weight is going up, that's not happening. It's more of like internally, how's my processing? How's my patience? How's my communication with my kids? Um, they're all things I'm constantly working on, but I, I agree with you. It's harder to always validate that because it's much more of an internal thing. And you know, it's interesting. It's actually interesting timing as you say that, because I was thinking, yeah, you're right. The internal validation, which ultimately comes at like, am I at peace? Do I have joy? And it's acute to me. So as you know, as I'm sitting here uh, in a sling with seven broken bones from a mountain bike accident, and uh, I say a collapsed lung, I hope the thing's not collapsed anymore, but I I'm, I'm breathing okay. That's been interesting, Lee, to look at that because, man, my personal physical capability, that's a big part of my self-image. It's a big part of my life. It's a big part of my lifestyle. I, I, I fear it. I want to say something healthier, but I do. I fear losing that. And of course, I'm trying to live in a way that I maintain it as long as I can. And yet here I am today. And one of the hardest aspects of my day is uh, going to the bathroom and taking a, a shower. Now, I know there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'll recover from this and whatnot. But 
it's been interesting to look at that because, uh, I, I guess I want to, I want to, I should probably pat myself on the back a little bit that it's not, it hasn't just knocked me for a loop. I'm looking at it and go, honestly, I'm looking at it and going, you know what, man, I've been, I've been going after it. I kind of need, I responded to somebody today and said, you know what, honestly, I don't know if it's some righteous thing that I think that I'm okay with it. I think I needed a break. I think I actually did. And that's what is interesting to me as we go along these pursuits of our personal growth is when the crap hits the fan, how does it pan out? How did we react? I mean, I think about that with family and stuff. I mean, there's big things that can happen. And how am I preparing? Do you think about it that way? Not only how are you performing today, but how am I setting myself up to respond when things get really hard in the future? Yeah, it, it's a really good, it's a good question. It's a good point. Um, it's a conversation Justin, my business partner, myself have yeah. all the time. It's like, as we processize our business and things get easier over time, it just gets easier from doing it all the time. Maybe life gets a little easier. My kids are getting older. You know, they're out of diapers. They're in school. All of these things yeah. get easier. Sometimes, like, w the easier life gets and the less adversity you have to overcome, you know, sometimes that can be to the detriment of yourself. It, it's good to do hard things. It's good to challenge yourself. It's not good to break seven bones and collapse your lungs. Sure. But, <laughs> but being in a position where you have to overcome adversity, it's really strengthening, I think, for your character. Um, it's it's good to challenge yourself just to to try to continually put yourself in some type of challenging or um you know safe but some type of adversity at all times i believe because otherwise you just get life gets too easy it gets too too much of the same too routine and things that used to be no big deal all of a sudden feel like a big burden you know you know minor mishaps throughout the day all of a sudden feel like a big deal. And that's when you got to kind of take a step back and be like, well, maybe I should be challenging myself in some way in my life just to kind of build up some resiliency. So I have that when adversity strikes, I can deal with it. Totally, man. It got a side tangent. I also thought it's, I mean, uh, it's kind of nice to not be a one trick pony too. So now I'm not out there killing it on the trails, but at least I got this so I can revert back to this. If that's all I had, it's probably a good call out to look at man, if all of our identity, if all of our self-worth is wrapped up in one role and we lose that, we're in danger. Just like parenting. You know that a lot of people get you know stuck right there and that's, I mean, gosh, what a glorious role. It's going to end at some point. You could, I mean, it's just morbid. You could lose your kids, you know, or at some point they're going to be at least empty nesters. And granted, you're always a parent, but totally, I've got kids out of the house. Totally different thing, man. They're off doing their gig. So uh, good reason to have another role. I wanted to ask you too, it's almost another sidestep, but it's just of interest. You did this with Justin. So you got a buddy who you guys started this from scratch. So you guys have a partnership that's endured seven, eight years now. Um, yeah, since we started the app business, it was 2012. So yeah, we've gone really? 11 okay. years now. Yeah. So tell me about that. We just did a series. You, you probably don't know. We just did a series on, well, we've done one on friendships. We did another one uh, recently on men specifically and friendships or lack thereof. So you guys doing that and being kindred spirits, doing business together. I mean, heck at that level, you've got a marriage, you know, outside of the romance, I imagine, but you've got a, I mean, that's a big deal too. How is that? Uh, how has that journey been? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I took a lot of entrepreneurship classes in undergrad and grad school. And one of the biggest rules was always, you know, don't, don't get a business partner. It's, yeah. it's very challenging. That's, most why, that's ended, why I asked. Yeah. Yeah. Most ended divorce. Um, Justin and I obviously didn't take that advice, uh, started working together. We were friends before we ever started a business. And I think that helps. There's just like a level of respect. Um, you know, genuine care for each other. And that's really grown obviously over 11 years of working together. But it, to be honest, we just, it, it's a perfect match. We're very different personality wise. We have different interests, stuff I like to do for the business. He would rather not stuff he likes to do. I'm happy to take a back seat on that. So we really complement each other. Well, um, both in terms of work tasks, but also just personality. Um, you, you know, I, I've heard some really good marriage advice and it was about like, be a loser in your marriage. <laughs> or how marriage is for losers. And it was like, you always want to be the one that's putting in extra effort. You don't want to be like, well, you know, I did the dishes. I did the laundry. My wife didn't do any of those things today. Right. You want to have that mindset of, I did the dishes. I did the laundry. I'm trying to do extra. I'm trying to, you know, quote unquote, lose in all of these situations. Cause I'm trying to give as much as I can give. Um, and like you said, 
having a business partner is like having a marriage. And I, I think both of us have always kind of had that mindset of we're always trying to take the extra step, do, do what necessary and then go above and beyond. Um, and I thought that's just communication. Um, I don't think we've had a fight in 11 years, Justin and I, uh, a few disagreements here and there, but there's just that level of respect for each other. We both know we're working hard. We're doing our best. We care about the business. We care about each other. Um, and we're just open and direct and honest. You know, if one of us is going through something, we need a little time off or something like that. If we're open and honest with each other, that person can take time off. The other person can pick up the slack uh, and then we move on. So um, it, it's just like marriage. I mean, it really is. It's having a business partner is like a marriage. My wife would tell you that I talk to Justin more than I talk to her, which is yeah. debatable, but um, right. but it, it, that's what it is. With, uh, you just mentioned going above and beyond. So with Optimal Living Daily, I want people to hear this because I'm, you know, shameless promotion. Folks, there's no money exchanged here. I got I got Lee on here because we got connected and I just saw a kindred spirit. And I love how you guys are doing the show. It feels like you're doing, yeah, bite-sized pieces of what I'm doing long form uh, because you're taking a message. So here's something you guys have curated and said, man, here's a good message, good book, whatever you're going to do. Read an excerpt. Uh, and you said it's usually about 1,000 to 1,500 words, correct, on the excerpt? Uh, but you don't just do that. You you do an intro. Hey, here's what it came from. Here's the author. Here's the book. Here's the excerpt. You read it, literally narrate it. And then on the above and beyond thing, you add something to that. You give your own overview, or would you say your own perspective on what you see and, and kind of a, a guidance into how to walk it out. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Optimal Living Daily is closing in on 3,000 episodes because it's wow. every day. Um, Justin, the host of that, he has not missed an episode since, since we started. Um, so yeah, it's, it's his thoughts. It's how it relates to his life. It's, you know, having narrated 3000 articles, um, he's had a lot of stuff come into his brain. And, um, after a while you see very similar patterns between certain writers, but, but the biggest thing that we try to feature on the show is different voices, different perspectives, yeah. because, you know, no two people are exactly alike. Some people are completely polar opposite. So some weeks we'll have a show on Monday that has one point of view and a show on Wednesday that's the complete opposite point of view. Um, and for some audience, you know, the Monday show might hit home and for some, the Wednesday show might be perfect for them. So we try to, we're not trying to give the audience our necessarily like our, um, feelings on these episodes, um, or our perspective. We're just trying to share as many perspectives as, as possible so they can find the one that, that kind of hits home with them. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so it, your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers 
end buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Kevin. or our perspective, we're just trying to share as many perspectives as, as possible so they can find the one that, that kind of hits home with them. I'd be interested in, I, maybe I'm putting you on the spot here, but I'm curious about the mm-hmm. patterns. I mean, cause I see that. I mean, I have people and I'm not looking for the patterns. I'm just looking for a topic of interest. So here's one on, you know, on focus. Here's one on, gosh, we did one on at manhood recently on building muscle. I mean, seemingly dissimilar things. And yet it's amazing to, well, I say it's amazing to me how often we do overlap. Now, obviously as the host, I'm seeing it through my filter. So that's going to cause a little bit of overlap, but I really still feel like amongst these purveyors of any area of personal growth, it is. I mean, I talk so often about in the Bible, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, there's not, it's all been out there, but we need it in new flavors, new perspectives, according to the times that we're in now. But I'm curious, yeah, that you do see that, man, we're doing this stuff and I mean, you've got six different areas, which I'm going to go through in just a second, but that you continue to see the similar patterns of, of what similar patterns of, of motive of what would you, how would you categorize that? I would say motive process. Um, you know, you'll have some writers who, you know, let's use productivity, for example. Yep. They're very analytical. They're very process oriented. So their solutions in their writing is they'll walk you through it and they'll break it down step by step. This is what you need to do to have a better morning routine. You right. know, and it's very, a lot of it's science back. And, and then you'll have other people who it's more, maybe it's relationship based, right? So their biggest thing would be like, and again, it's science back, but it's like accountability. It's it's those personal relationships that will drive them forward. So from like certain examples, it's like that. But the other thing, there's just so many perspectives. And so it's more of like a time and place in the life, I feel like for the listener and for the writer. So when we first started, certain authors we narrated from really hit home for me. I was newly married, you know, living in Chicago, um, uh, working in corporate America while we were doing this, while I was doing this on the side. Um, and it was just a certain type of writing that really appealed to me at that point in my life. After I had kids, you know, the authors that were parents or newly parents and were writing yeah. about those experiences, all of a sudden, those are the ones that I really gravitate towards. So it's kind of like as my life progressed, my gravitation to certain authors that we feature also progressed. So it wasn't, it's not just that their points of views are different or their thoughts process or the writing style is different. It's also like, as my personal journey goes along, um, different authors really kind of, uh, hit home for me. How are you curating the material for the shows? And I'll ask that because I think we all have our own ways. And, and yeah, first off, it's just whatever I'm interested in. Now I am getting fed and I assume you are too from you know, the big agencies, the big publishing houses, they're sending you the next books from the people that they think are going to resonate. So I appreciate that because I don't have to be proactive. That just comes to me. But man, the amount of books, I don't, I don't have no idea what it may be one out of 20 that I'm interested in, which is why I've got 11 boxes of books down in the basement of the office here that I'm sure they're great. They just didn't hit me right. So the curation uh, process is still difficult for me. It's something that it's hard. I try to delegate as much as I can, but ultimately at the end of the day, I got to look at it and look and go, gosh, is this somebody I, I mean, I did with you, you know, so optimal living, you don't have a book, but you've got this show. Do I resonate with that? Absolutely. And then you and I did a call, you know, I'm sitting on my back porch and we did one of these zooms. Okay. I, do I get this guy? Do we resonate? So what does a curation process look like for you guys to pick and choose who you want and think it's going to be a benefit to the audience? Yeah. So you know, 95% of the authors that we narrate from have an existing blog. So it's consistent content. They've been writing for at least two, two and a half years usually. Um, so they've, they've kind of found their voice, worked out the kinks in their, in their yeah. writing. Um, you know, when we first started, it was easy because we had a blank slate. We had nobody. So we just started reaching out to niches that we were interested in. So minimalism was really big at the time. Yeah. Um, 
the minimalists were the first authors to give us permission, which is, which was massive for us. Um, you know, we have the personal finance, we have the health, but as far as a, a curation standpoint now, so we have permission from 400 authors, uh, Greg, uh, who's our full-time employee, he's wonderful. He does the curation now. So we got a list of 400 authors and we have all their content, you know, tied up in a Excel doc and, uh, he goes through and chooses it, but, but it is a very thoughtful process because, you know, personal development has a lot of different buckets underneath it. And we don't want to necessarily have the same show, uh, Monday through Sunday. Yeah. So he tries to kind of balance those choices between different niches, different voices, um, and obviously different authors every day of the week. So there's kind of a balance there. So I, I did that job for a long time. I spent about four hours a day reading when I was curating content. Uh, so that was both reading content to put on the shows, but then also reading content from potential new authors that we wanted to reach out to, to get permission from. Okay. So I'll throw this at you personally as well. This, uh, when I wrote my book, so a couple of years now and I'm sitting there, we've got the structure of the book and I'm just going in and they wanted the stories and some of the things to really highlight, you know, the intros of the chapters. And I'm realizing, oh my gosh, after so many years, of so many books and so many authors, all the people sitting on the shelves behind me that I, I know a lot. I mean, there's a lot up here. I was kind of impressed with myself. I really was. I, was. I was pleased, not in a real prideful way, like, dang, this is awesome. And then on the same side, it was so daunting to realize how much knowledge I had in there and how little of the stuff I had actually taken the time to apply to my life. How does that hit you personally? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the the hard part, right? About consuming so much amazing content is it's easy to feel like you're not doing enough personally, and that's exactly how I felt. You know, I was reading four hours a day, personal development, personal finance, health, relationships, all these things, um, and it felt like I was coming up short in some of these areas in my life. And it's like, how how are you coming up short in these areas? You're spending so much time consuming this content, um, but you know, over time, you kind of learn like it's great to learn. It's wonderful. It's amazing. But you have to take the action. Like you, if you don't take the action, you can learn everything in the world. Um, and, and I've seen it myself before. A perfect example is like, is working out, you know, when I was younger and I knew nothing about working out, I was the most consistent. I was always in the gym. I was always working out, but I didn't know anything. So it was like, I wasn't trying to battle with perfection. Then when you start to learn more and you, you figure out, well, maybe this is the perfect routine. And so you're trying to tinker and set it up with it. And I spend more time tinkering and setting it up than I do spending hours in the gym actually working out. Um, so it, it's interesting, right? Uh, it's hard. It, it's hard to sometimes be in this personal development space and hear all these amazing things and all these people who are so good at certain aspects of their life and you're seeing it or hearing it on a daily basis to try to, again, like validate yourself against them uh, yeah. on their own journey. It, it's it's that's morphed how I position, how we are positioning me. So am I here as it's, this show is called self-helpful? Am I here as a self-help guru? No, no. A, a guide? Yeah. So to say I've like that, I've, I've gone through so much information and I've read, I'm a wealth of knowledge and I'm working to apply it to my life. So I think somebody called me recently and said, man, thanks for being my life Sherpa. I thought that's, that's cool. You're a Sherpa, man. You're carrying some stuff, you know, the way up there, but you're also on the road with them and you may slip and fall and you're, you know, privy to the same dangers and, and whatnot that's out there. That's what I see with you guys kind of as guides, curators as the main positioning you guys have taken. Absolutely. That's, that's our role. We're not, we can't give you all the answers, but we can give you a wide variety of perspectives, yeah. opinions you know, and you've got to take with what works best for you and, and then run with it and then put that action into place. Optimal living daily. So that's the initial show. And that was kind of a, yeah, it could be a show on different, kind of like mine on different aspects of personal growth. It could be on finance, relationships, health and wellness, uh, uh, work, whatever it may be now, however, and then you started adding it today. You've got, so you've got the overall optimal living podcast and then you've got one for finance. Uh, is that what you refer to? Optimal living finance, uh, health, relationships, work, and parenting, which my folks will know we go a lot through the Ziegler wheel of life, seven key areas. 
that's that's in essence, you know, most of them. We we include a personal one, kind of personal interests and achievements or whatnot. But that's it. So you guys have taken those out and just segmented those in their own podcast. So if you want to just go to finance, so it's just an easy way to categorize them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And so the initial goal was OLD would would encapsulate all of those areas. Yeah. Um, but with the quick success of the show, you know, we found that, you know, there's quite a bit of difference between, you know, your health and nutrition content and your personal growth stuff and personal finance and budgeting. So it just, it, it seemed like a natural evolution of the show to kind of segment it out. Yeah. You said, and it's actually in the intake form from you. And I wanted to ask a couple of things on that. You said in the thousands of hours that I've spent curating self-help content for the OLD podcasts over the past eight years, my favorite messages include, and you gave me three. First one, action precedes motivation. Unpack that for me. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of days where you'll wake up and you will not feel like doing whatever you have to do that day, whether it's again, working out, whether you're starting a business, um, the best advice, the advice that hit home the most with me is just, just do it. Basically step, put one foot in front of the other and do it. The hardest part for me to, to work out is to put my gym shoes on and, and walk into my garage, which is where my gym is. As soon as I cross <laughs> that doorway, I'm good to go for the day. Um, starting a business. It's exciting when you come up with an idea and you're first kind of planning it out and talking it out. It's so exciting. But then when you get down to like actual processes, actual decisions, financing, all of those steps, it, it's difficult. It's challenging. You're not going to be motivated forever. You're not going to be inspired forever. A lot of times those are kind of like, they can be like an ignition to move you on. But for that day to day to day progress, um, some days you just got to move. You just have to do the things, even if you're not feeling it. Uh, and, and a lot of times that motivation will come after the fact, once you're already engaged. Uh, and moving forward on something. So let's dig in there. So I am grateful and honored that coming up in a, a, an episode of Optimal Living Daily, you guys are going to read some a uh, couple uh, excerpts from my book. So my book, What Drives You. So in that, what I have found, and it was, I mean, it really was somewhat of an epiphany for me, you know, growing up in the motivation, inspiration aspect, you know, yeah, let's get, get motivated. And I, I understand that. And yet, what I, what hit me as I researched the book and thought through my own experience and the experience, again, of so many of the people in the books behind me, the people I had on the show is the need for motivation. As we think of it, to motivate yourself, pump you up, that need was less when you are clear on what you want to achieve. So like that, do you need to motivate yourself when you know that, and your goal is you well, I, you could state it. So you're going in there in the, in the, in your home gym for what reasons for, I want to build muscle and look GQ, or I want to be able and capable for my family, or I want to have a health span that equals my lifespan and live whatever those is. I assume that you're clear on those. And so even on the morning that you're not that motivated, you don't really have to be because you know, the end goal and that in and of itself gets you out there. And yeah, you can put some music on and kind of get, amp yourself up. But give me your thoughts on that. Cause I, pl I play with that. I want to say that's a statement, but it's, you know, it's, it's always a, a fluid issue of motivation and then actually doing it, taking action, as you said. Yeah. And I think like you said, the better the goal you have, the easier it is to overcome any obstacles in your way. So, you know, when I was younger, I was working out, you know, at post athletics, I was working out to look good. Right. It's not the, it wasn't the best motivation for some people. It might be. But then I have kids and I'm like, man, I want to be healthy. I want to be active with them for as long as possible. I want to be around, you know, if they want to go ride a bike, go run, go play sports, swim, whatever. I want to be able to do that for as long as possible. So, you know, you get a better goal and all of a sudden that motivation is, is stronger. It's more consistent day to day because that goal that I'm shooting for is strong, right? Like that's pulling me to continue to do these things, even when I don't feel like it. You said football was your background. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that, that got me Lee is thinking about that and thinking about like the consummate, you know, coach scene where, you know, you're on the skids or doing whatever. And the coach is screaming, you know, you gotta want it more. You gotta want it more. I think, dude, if you got to scream at somebody like that, apparently they don't want it more. 
the guy who really kills it. Well, I, I doubt there was some coach out there screaming at Walter Payton. You got to want it more. Dude, he wanted it so bad. They actually had to go get him to quit training after practice when he's running hills over and over. The dude wanted it so bad. They thought he's going to kill himself. That's the one that kind of got to me is that thing. That if, if somebody's yelling at you, if you've got to have that kind of motivation pumping in, I, I would question, do you really, maybe you don't want that and maybe that's okay. Maybe you should be freed from that because you don't want to be on the freaking football field because you're really interested in science or something like that to question if we need that much motivation, maybe we don't want it or we're unclear on the goal. Thoughts? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, you know, football is something I loved and mm -hmm. the desire was always there. I didn't, I didn't need a pep talk. I didn't need anything. I was, I was ready to go. Um, you know, some days were harder than others, not games, but practices, you know, sometimes yeah. it's a long season and you get beat up and, um, but that desire was always there. It was always internal. It was always there. It was constant. Um, there's no second thoughts about what I was doing. It was, it was there. So I agree with you when that, when that goal is there when you really have that desire to do something it it doesn't feel that challenging to to put yourself pretty hard okay so let me ask you on the other side <clears throat> if there's been an area and this is in my book part of my story is financially i i had some hidden motives i mean i thought you know I, of course you want to make money and then i come to realize man i keep sabotaging it because i've got a hang up about business and making money and being about power because i wanted to be all about heart and so i had this uh, incongruentness uh, in essence or cognitive dissonance happening. And yeah, so I would need somebody to motivate me to admit, have a financial plan and budget and, you know, uh, and, and hit it on that side and realize, man, there was something underneath. There is a problem. You can't motivate that problem. Have you had, is there, you know, like when you look at these areas, I mean, you guys have the six shows in, or the six uh, areas, living, finance, health, relationships, work, parenting. Have you found an area in your own life? One of those, it's kind of like kind of an Achilles heel. You know, you've got some, you know, it's a weak spot or you've got some baggage or something that tends to sabotage you there. You see you smiling. What? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's good. I feel like at different points in my life, pretty much any one of those categories has had, uh, had some hangups. Um, it, it just depends as we're evolving, you know, like, again, like I said earlier, my focus right now is is family, it's parenting, it's my kid. Um, and I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't point you to like a historical hangup that I have that, that caused any issues, but I just think because it's my focus, it feels the most challenging sometimes. Like it feels like I'm not at the level I want to be at, you know, whether it's patience, um, w with my kid or, or communication with my kids or my wife, it's like, I feel like the things that you want the most, sometimes you might hold yourself to a higher standard too, because you're focused on them so much. So it does, it feels challenging. When your second one here, again, in that you said the favorite message, you said consistent and focused effort gives you a chance to create amazing results. Same thing. Unpack that for us. You said the favorite message, you said consistent and focused effort gives you a chance to create amazing results. Same thing. Unpack that for us. Yes. Um, consistent effort is really important. You know, you got to put in the work day after day, but the, the key there is consistent and focused because you need to know exactly what you're striving for and how to get there. Uh, you know, it's like deliberate practice. Cal Newport talks a lot about that. Yep. And it's, you know, athletes and musicians, it's the ones that have that deliberate practice, they know exactly what they're working on. Kobe Bryant was not out there shooting, randomly shooting jump shots, you know, around the hoop. He was shooting the same jump shot on the same move a thousand times. You know, they're perfecting that exact shot. It's not, it's not just like, I'm going to go to the court and, and shoot around for, for a couple hours. It, it's very focused. It's very consistent. And again, it gives you a chance. It doesn't guarantee it. You don't get guaranteed results. It's like starting a business. You can put in the work every day and you can put in focused work every day, but it does not guarantee you success. It gives you a chance and it gives you a much better chance than if you're not doing those things. Um, and, and that's kind of what we found. We That's why we did the daily show. We wanted it consistent. We wanted it very focused on, on the niche we're in and no excuses. It's going to go up every day and it's going to go up every day. And then we had a second show. It's going to go up every day. So 
that consistent focused effort really gave us a chance for success, you know, and then there's, there's things that happen, you know, luck, luck is a big factor in it, right? Um, luck might be 80% of the reason for our success, like with our podcast business, but we would have had a 0% chance of getting any of that luck. Had we not done the hard work, done the consistent and focused work every day to, to get to those points, um, like those inflection points that we had in our business. The consistent aspect, and that, that is one that is so significant to me, Lee. I think over time, you tend to look at those big efforts and focus on the big efforts. And yeah, being be my age too, I'm older than you. And, and But I see that, man, those, if I can just make a little deposit, it blows me away at how much. We were talking, we did a show just recently with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. I don't think it's published yet on muscle. And realizing that, you know, you see, you've got, you want to gain some muscle, you want bigger biceps or stronger biceps, whatever it is. And so you work out, you're doing your sets, you're going to fatigue, you're tearing the muscle down, feeding it so it can be built back up bigger. And that's hard. And yet when you get to that size you want, you know, this is being an athlete. So let's say you get, you know, you add an inch onto your bicep or you're able to, you know, curl 20 pounds more, whatever it is that once you do that, maintaining it, it blows me away at how little you have to do to maintain it. It's a little deposit here and there, you know, some push-ups here and there, some pull-ups, some curls, some whatever. That one blows me away. And I think we miss that unless you've done it long enough to realize it, you don't understand the amazing benefit of these seeming to me insignificant deposits uh, in regard, you know, especially uh, as opposed to when you're trying in the build-up stage, but to maintain it is so small. That's inspiring. But I think kind of what you're talking about too, and you got to do it long enough to realize that uh, otherwise it seems, it seems so overwhelming and daunting, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, think about what you said as far as, you know, building muscle growth, think about for personal finance, you know, if you save a lot of money early in life, you are good to go. You know, you can, you can save a ton for the first 10 to 15 years and you're probably, you know, three, four times better off than someone who waits until they're in their forties to start saving uh, relationships. It's the same thing, you know, putting that time and effort in upfront, having people know like your character, it, it changes the whole dynamic, you know, for, for future interactions or for friends of friends. It's like all of that time and consistent effort and things you put in upfront, they pay massive dividends down the road. You know, it's interesting. I'll give this to you for your kids because we just got it from Dr. Gabrielle Lyons. So her book, Forever Strong. And she said the same thing with muscle. Totally makes sense. I just hadn't thought about it because I thought, yeah, if you're 50, you never worked out. You can go into the gym, you can kill it and you can gain some muscle. She's saying, yeah, but core skeletal muscle mass, that the kind that really uh, benefits our health overall, long-term cognitively. And of course she's looking at aging well. It's a focus of her, uh, of, of her focus on muscle. And she said, man, the earlier you do it, just like what you said. So if you're, if you're, I'm thinking about sports and the benefit, you know, that you, if you're an athlete, you see a lot of people, they're athletes in younger age and they get out, they go to school, they, uh, you know, get a job, whatever, and they fall off the wagon and then say, oh gosh, I got to get back into it. Man, you can get back to it pretty quick as opposed to those who never did it. It's like, call it muscle memory. It's kind of an odd way, you know, it doesn't really relate uh, exactly to the dynamics of how it works, but same thing what you do early on, it makes it so much easier than coming to it later in life. Now with all kudos of those who are hearing stuff like, you know, later in life right now, it's amazing how much you can do later in life. But I guess to the younger you are out there, like kind of what that, what's the best time to start something you've never done. And you know, today uh, is what you're saying. And I know you guys speak to on the shows. Third one, third point you had the importance of environment for habit change and follow through. Tell me more. The more decisions you can take away from yourself in terms of things you want to accomplish, the easier that process will go. So, um, you know, you want to work out. It's, it's simple advice. I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but set your running shoes right next to your bed, wear your, wear your workout clothes to sleep. Then as you wake up, you're ready to go. Um, you know, whatever those habits are, just remove as many obstacles, even if they're minor, um, it can be for positive habit change. It could be for negative habit change. Um, you know, I, I've heard of people who, you know, drink coffee too much, have too much caffeine. They want to cut back. If they unplug their coffee pot, put it up on the highest shelf in their kitchen, all of a sudden it's not like, Hey, I'm going to go in there and flip the switch on and, and throw some water in to make coffee. It's like, I got to climb up on a stool. I got to pull the coffee pot out. 
It just makes you pause for that minute. Same thing with junk food, right? Hide the junk food. Get it out of the house completely. So if you want bad food, you got to go to the store and go buy it. And then, you know, so it, it gives you that pause where you can stop and think about what you're doing um, and then make that decision. Am I right? Do I remember correctly? You guys have had Dr. Benjamin Hardy on the show or you've, you've done excerpts from his book? We narrate his uh, blog content. Yep. From Medium. Okay. Well, he's my, what you just said right there in environment, that's my go-to guy. His book, Willpower, uh, Willpower Doesn't Work, which was his first book, his first big book uh, is one of my favorites. And that's it. So folks, go go get the book, go listen to the excerpts on Optimal Living Daily. We had him, I've had him on the show. I think we just had him on for like the fifth time. And that one was a long time ago, but my favorite resource for crafting your environment for success instead of, yeah, waiting on your willpower. Cause yeah, if I want to cut back on coffee, what I do is I just don't have coffee in the house. Otherwise I'm going to figure out a way and it's going to happen. And so crafting the environment, so that's a huge one. And as everybody's enamored with habits right now, thanks to James Clear and his meteoric book. So back to your statement, the importance of environment for habit change and follow through is a main thing. I mean, obviously, you know, at some point I'm looking for your book because in having been a curator of all this stuff, interested in the patterns that you see and continue to see. And, you know, when I, I, I will ask this, I don't like it when people ask this. So I'm going to try to say it in a way that's not so stinking difficult because they always want to say, okay, what's the favorite book? Who's the favorite person, whatever. But is there a favorite, is there a, go, is there somebody you tend to go back to quite a bit as far as certain authors. I know, well, and I want to say that about the show. I know that that's a premise of you guys is not just having another new author on the show all the time that you, like you said, you're going through, you have these authors that you're curating stuff from them over and over. So we're hearing similar or we're hearing messages from some of the same people, which I like. It helps us build a relationship, helps us understand the person's flavor and whatnot. And I think engage with them more, but on that, yeah, not to put you totally on the spot, but are there some authors messages that have really read, even if you look at the ones as of late, they go, Oh man, that one, that one stuck out to me. That one resonated. And I want to do something on that one. Yeah. So, Benjamin Hardy would definitely be one. I'm yep. pretty sure willpower is a ways back on my bookshelf too. So, yep. um, just in terms of like habit change and, and, you know, he's such a great writer, um, yep. and he makes these concepts feel so easy and so attainable. And, you know, a lot of times his articles, his books, it's just like, it lays it out for you. Like you do X, Y, and Z. If you, if you follow that process, you're going to improve your odds of succeeding quite a bit. So I'd say like on the productivity habit change side he would definitely be be one of my favorites uh joshua becker uh he's the he has becoming minimalist.com um i've also got to meet him in person which helps right you meet people like totally like he's a wonderful writer it he's he's honestly a, he's a phenomenal writer he's married he has two kids he does a lot with charity um he's a very generous person so his writing by itself is great. It's wonderful. It covers minimalism. It covers relationships, parenting, all of these different aspects of, of improving your life. Um, but then when you meet somebody and they're like even better than the way they seem, you know, from, from the surface, uh, it, it gives you an even deeper, uh, level of like respect for the stuff, uh, you know, that they're putting out there. Here's a question that's off tangent, but I'm going to take the opportunity to ask it in doing what you do, which again, I have such a similar, I mean, I get, I don't know how many books, you know, we average in a given week that are sent to us. So I feel like a connoisseur of nonfiction books and specifically in the personal development category. Are there certain, I don't even know how to ask this one because I'm thinking about how I would answer it myself, but you know, some books were right away. It's, it's a turn off or a turn on for you like a certain style that they write or a certain spirit that comes out of it. I could even think of, you know, do you want to see a level of authority, a level of humility? Do you want to see story? Do you want to see analytics? What is it that you tend to be drawn or repelled from? Yeah, I would say the most important thing for me is that story. So if you can tell me a story, I will remember that story. I'll remember it five years from now. If you give me a list of things to do without 
that story in place, then I'm, you know, unless I'm doing that thing immediately, writing it down, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I will forget that by next week. So I, to me, it's like the best writers are the ones who tell a story. They'll give you the list of 10 things, but they wrap it in a story where you're going to remember what to do and why you're doing it. Um, and then if it's backed by science, so you really know you're getting, you know, the best of the best in terms of uh, research or tips or strategies, though that's like a home run for me. What's coming up next for the Optimal Living Empire? You guys got new things in the works or is it just keep on doing well what you're doing right now? I, you know, we're always looking, we're always experimenting, trying new things. Um, you know, it, it's part of the fun of doing this, of being in this space. Um, and trends change over time. You know, when we first started, minimalism was a huge trend. So like a lot of the content we narrated focused on minimalism. It's still there and it kind of comes in waves now, I feel like with minimalism, but there's other things that have, have come, um, that have come and gone, you know, in the last eight years. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more things. So it's good for us because we stay in the loop on what's happening in the self-help space, the personal finance space, health, um, kind of stay aware of trends and, and what people are interested in. And we try to, you know, curate the content that, that best fits what's going on in, in the current climate. Yeah, man. I'm just, I, I love hearing about it. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. I'll ask you for some resources here in just a second, folks, everybody, thank you for joining us on this journey to elevate your own experience and improve the way you show up for others. That's the point of the show here. This again is Lee Rankinen. It's optimal living daily. Now, again, if you type that into whatever Apple podcast, Spotify, you'll see uh, all six, you'll see optimal living daily. I love the way you guys have the graphic uh, on there, Lee, on each one. It's kind of similar, but it highlights what the focus of that show is. So you can go sign up for optimal living daily, subscribe to that wherever you listen to podcasts. And then you can also uh, do their curated one on optimal living uh, on, on finance, on health, on relationships, work, and parenting. Did I get them all, Lee? You got them. All right. Well, folks, if you appreciate this podcast and want to share it with others, please rate the show on Spotify or leave a review and rating on Apple. And I'd say do the same for Lee and everything over there at Optimal Living Daily. If you enjoy what you're uh, hearing, go leave a ranking, leave a review and tell people what you appreciate about the show. It's the best thing you can do for us as podcasters. Uh, for us, you can subscribe on YouTube to watch the full episodes and you can find me at Kevin Miller CO on social media. And if you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, What Drives You on Amazon or go to Optimal Living Daily and I think November of 2023 and listen to them uh, read an excerpt. And until next time, folks, stay driven. Yeah.